What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. Your boy, Monster DeFace here, bringing you guys another episode this week. The Fortnite Podcast has been up and running. The year 2023 is here. It's March, a new month, a new FNCS, and much more stuff to talk about as Fortnite continues to evolve day to day, month to month. Uh, with that, we have a returning Life with Panda and SBG on the episode. Uh, last week, we got to film without Mr. Panda, and it was amazing. Uh, you know, at this okay, point, you know what? At this point, Panda, what's going on? Are you going to add value today? Is, is my question. <laughs> okay, so this is historically, I have never missed a podcast, to <laughs> be clear. So th that was the first podcast that I was not a part of. So listen, uh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we uh, definitely had a crazy week coming in uh, to Denmark. So was not the easiest to work around but here i am i'm back i'm i'm ready yes sir we're happy to have you back and uh, we did celebrate your uh your arrival to copenhagen and and seeing you on fncs last week and stuff like that so it was definitely awesome congratulations to all that and Thank big you. shout out to you making time to film while you're uh you're abroad i'm pretty sure it's like 2 a.m over there in, in copenhagen or something close to it probably midnight uh, so we definitely definitely appreciate the grind yo uh sbg back on the mic with us today what's up brother Hey, what's going on, boys? It's nice to have you back, Panda. I, unlike you, have missed many a podcast, so uh, I have no room to speak. <laughs> That's actually great. <laughs> SBG's the most uh, missingest uh, <laughs> feature slash co-host that we've had in the podcast history. We love to see it as well. Um, hey, but today we got all the boys here, and we'll be kicking things off. It's going to be an FNCS-packed episode with a lot of Reporting's on just the, uh, I, I would say this is an upbeat episode. Got a lot of good things to talk about this week or, you know, over the last week since the last episode. So let's go ahead and kick it off, man. FNCS Finals is here. We breezed through the qualifiers, ran through the surge week, and got to our finalists of competitors. As per usual, we'll be focusing on the NA East um, and NA, or sorry, EU portions of this uh fncs i was gonna say soon to be na central which is gonna be cool so soon we'll just be like we're just we're talking na and eu can't wait to get to that moment um that'll be major too but for now let's um let's talk about our highlights of the uh, the draw spot here that we got for na east coming up um we briefly chatted in the background boog and peterbot seem to be the the standout competitors right now yeah, and not surprising, to be honest. Um, I will say, there's something about the way that they're playing, right? I'm just saying it now, that I don't think is going to work in Grand Finals weekend. So I don't want to jinx them. I still think they're going to get a top five, but I don't think they're going to be the first team walking away with a trip to the Global Championships. I would have to agree with that. I mean, I think... so. To expand upon what you said, I think they're both just really good solo players, and that's how they play endgame. And it really shows when you watch uh, a different team and how they're playing together, but it seems like they're almost accidentally playing together at times, which you know may be a good thing that they're coming together and without even really trying to, they play together. But at the yeah. same time, like they're both just incredible solo players. We've seen booga the world cup champion who will forever hold that title and then peter bot has proven how many times that he could clutch up as a solo and put the team on his back so this is almost like a miro booga situation but now you just have peter bot instead of miro which is interesting right and i, I want to see one of these other top teams that i'm sure we'll talk about 
on NA East dethrone these guys because if you're not playing as a cohesive duo, then I don't really care too much if you're the best two solo players in a lobby. I was going to say, this, this is giving me more Reverse 2K Day and Miro vibes. Like, the trio that was as individuals really just making it work. Uh, the running joke was Reverse 2K, just get Miro and Day to Endgame, and then they'll play solo and uh, do well. And the points yeah. would come running in. It was almost a sure-proof method because you could trust in Day and or um, Miro there, right, to just clutch out, earn points, get the placement, um, do what they do best. And and it really did turn out to be a formula for success, although the uh, the cohesion was not there amongst the competitors. Uh, that, of course, did springboard Miro into his continued successful competitive track. Um and you you kind of alluded to him and, and Booga's performance was the same exact way. So we have yet to see um, any of those players really pick up with a teammate that had the the uh, that synergy that we're trying to look for in in a good team. And and that is very interesting that players can as duos perform as individuals and still pick up all of this uh, success just from individual play. Panda, I mean, are we going to attribute their success to the drop spot? I mean, it. It was it was called early. Booga continues to get what we call like the, the god drops uh, season to season, and that has translated. Is it is it more to the drop, or is it just all individual performance at this point? You know, it's it's hard to call at this point. To be honest, uh, I'll be real with you. I, I do think obviously the drop has something to do with it, but we're seeing more than ever in this chapter because of the way that the map is structured, people getting contested and not caring who they're contesting. So it'll be interesting to see if that does end up affecting them in grand finals. Because you have to remember, we just brought in 10 more teams from Surge Week, and no one knows where they're going to land. Because where they landed in Surge Week most likely isn't where they're going to land in actual competition because it probably wasn't the drop spot that they were looking for. It was a drop spot that they could use to guarantee a win or a more consistent play style. Yeah, and I'm just looking through some of the heavy contested points that we see. The center is just glowing right now. Users, Polarized versus Blake and Bizzle amongst more notable names. Uh, Clicks and Donnie seem to be contested just south of there against Glace and Mason. Um, Iabzor and Rise versus Moo and Braid. So Moo continues to just put on performances as an up-and-coming uh, player and makes his way to finals. Um, off to the side <laughs> on the West Coast Beach, TK and Pledge continue to stay contested throughout an entire season. We have yet to see TK really, I think, uh, find his his groove, if you will. He he makes it to finals, but hasn't really had a breakout performances, uh, mostly because he continues to be contested. That's a, a battle against Hound Aiden and Crackly Joe. Are there any other fights here, contested teams that are, um, I would say, standing out to y'all? Maybe uh maybe some upsets to be had. Uh, SVG, I'll kick it off with you. I mean, there again, this is just not like you said, counting that there's gonna be potential shifts right, with the new teams coming in. So this is not even finalized at this point. Yeah, so this is just what people are claiming that they're landing at in every finals. There's somebody that claims they land somewhere, don't actually wind up landing there. The one I'm looking at most is Trashy and Pump landing in the northwest corner because they've been the, the team that has won the most games during the finals for FNCS weekly qualifiers. They're contested by Aaron and Naves, I believe is how you say it. I don't know that that's going to turn out too well for either. I honestly don't think that being contested this season is going to be a terrible season because the way the map is 
structured, getting that surge super early could be a massive play that allows you to make rotates that other players aren't. Going through the middle of this map is just absolutely terrible. If you get stuck trying to rotate through these open paths, you're going to get a team on a cliff that's going to hold you. You're going to spend tons of mats, tons of heals, and you're not going to get anywhere. And We've seen that time and time again. So maybe the key to this season having success is either being contested off spawn or having someone nearby off spawn, maybe not contesting straight up, but getting that surge damage early. And that's, I, I know we just said, oh, you know, Booga, Peter Bot, not going to do that well. But I also think that could be a reason why that team and then Acorn and Cold on the other side of the Slap Factory wind up doing well because there's that natural break. There, there's literally water and a bridge that protect you from the other side. And if they're just able to do some damage to the other team and not take that fight, I think that'll be a huge way for both those teams to have success. Now, some of the other ones, you're 50-50ing off spawn. It's not going to be a great contest. It's going to be some tough ones. I'm looking at the center map, and, and in between all the chaos, you just have a little Agers and Kanata. They have this this small patch of green that looks to be uh, <laughs> theirs to claim. Um, I am I am extremely interested to see how they're going to perform with how many teams are going to just you know leave the surrounding areas barren, right? And, and they are going to move into other squads. As they start to move out from there, um, standout uh, uh, other uh, players and notable duels that I see making it through. Shout out to Walkers and Vert, another just set of duels that have continued to find um, increasing performances uh, week to week. But Walkers in particular has just had a you know phenomenal showing since his, his entrance into the the upper echelon of of competition. He makes another final, so he's on a, a bit of, let's just call it a little hot streak. I think it's about three or four in a row right now. Last year, he really started to take off. Uh, but we start now to see him branch into some more of the veteran uh, co-mates, teammates here in the duo season. He's pairing up with Vert. Vert, who earned all of his stripes during the DreamHack seasons about a year and a half, two years ago, um, kind of fizzled out, right? He had a, He had a bit of a tough time. Uh, in his transition to uh, some of the bigger team-based game modes. But that's not to say he hasn't stopped playing. Obviously, he's uh, found himself in Walkers now, and they're in the finals. So, will they put up the numbers? That, that's a good team right there. I'm interested as to how they got the Citadel by themselves. Like, I mean, they must be doing something right that other teams notice, and they're like, nah, we don't want to play with this. But, I, I mean, they might have to get it. Uh, like, straight up, I don't you... think that... It's, it's right now not contested on the map, but I don't think they get that themselves. I would be surprised, to be honest, if if they do. And I'm surprised that it is even laid out like this. But one thing I do want to talk about real quick with Booga, Peter, uh, Booga and Peterbot, Acorn and Cold. In week one, Booga Peterbot won that exchange pretty heavy. And it, it caused some issues for Acorn and Cold. So I'm curious how Acorn and Cold are going to adapt going into the Grand Finals because you know they changed their game plan. They aren't going to go in the way they did in qualifiers, and they can't afford to go in the same way they did with qualifiers. But the pro the other problem is you rotate south um, towards that beachy area. You have Flo and Nazin. Now, Flo and Nazin are a surge week team, so they qualified through the win. Not consistency. They won game two. So it for me... If I'm Acorn and Cold, I'd rather exchange with Flo and Nasen than I would Booga and Peterby. And I think that's what we're going to see happen if it plays out the way that I think it will. That makes also, sense. A, a similar situation is the reason 
why Acorn and Cole didn't do well in that first week. They were more like they were pretty much straight contested in week one, as opposed to having this team on your back. So depending how Flo and Nasen play this, and honestly, I think they're gonna respect the name of an Acorn Cold and try and like mm-hmm. steal loot away and not like try and tag them, but it could also be a situation where Acorn Cold once again get pinched from both sides and wind up struggling. Uh, one last shout here, at least for me, Clarity G and Casker. Those two have played incredibly well this season. Again, just flying under the radar. Clarity G has pretty much been one of the best players in the region for, uh, I don't know, two years. And no one really says much about him. He doesn't say much, and he just balls out every time he needs to. That's right. He's definitely a sleeper pick. Shows up, puts up the numbers, and, and just continues to kind of fly under the radar. Um, Suscript and Haji doing the same thing as well. Just more appearances for them at this point. Threats and Macward are going to be here. Uh, we see Playify making himself another finals. This time he's alongside Crazy GG, so that looks like a, a pretty interesting pickup. I think Crazy has a history of zone wars and box fight performances, if my memory serves me well. So I am curious to see if that's the same Crazy from that community who's getting more into the uh, the, the comp side. Um, but yeah, man, NAS is going to be awesome. The grand finals is here. Uh, the map, several triple contested POIs. So to pan this point, yeah, we don't think it's going to play out like this. We'll see as uh, as the weekend kicks off. I'm moving on over to EU and just highlighting some of the some of the standout battles that are going to be happening there. I mean, we're picking up right where we left off, except this time EU, man, has such a wide uh, range of, of amazing players. The finalist always seems to have some shakeups. There's a lot of names here that I've never seen compete before or maybe I'm not as familiar with, but then you have all the... All the goats just just that you expect to be there, or maybe you haven't heard of it in quite some time. The Floki, the Bad Sniper, Xwee's Potaside, Bevy's Pablo Ingu, right? Like EU is such a wide range of talented individuals. Every finals is always going to have shakeups. And then amongst all that, you still have your elite several few that come in and show up. I'm talking about, of course, former becoming legends, Cami Seti. And then of course you have up the north side, Queasy and Vino here to play ball. Uh, SBG, what 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 is our takeaway for EU right now? This is definitely the I think the most excited season or the excited the, the most excited region to keep our focus on as they have some of the bigger clashes to be uh, to be played out. Well, and I think the coolest thing is we have those two teams that have been playing so well the whole season. And then you have two other monsters that are just getting hot at the right time now. We just saw Malibuka put on a show playing a cash cup, which I would have never said or thought I would have ever said. And he is getting hot. They've been playing well. And then also um, Tayson and Murstash. They just won the last uh, weekly and have been playing super well. So those names clearly know how to do it in a finals. And to me, it's those four teams that are kind of the standout performers within this region. A lot is going to be determined by zones. And I'm really interested. This is like the one thing I'm looking for for EU is Queasy and Vino going to continue to play their same like winner go home play style, which pretty much always has been getting them like second, third, fourth. Granted, they've won an FNCS, but it doesn't provide that same consistency that we've seen from other teams going for like a mid to low. And 
I don't know. Are they they gonna go for it again? And be like, nah. Well, this is just how we play the game, and if we lose that way, we lose that way. Or are they gonna show us something different that we haven't seen yet from them, at least recently? Look, this is what I'm gonna say, right? And I said this on Drop Spot, and I'm gonna say it again here. Queasy Vino are on a different level this year, 2023 is vino's redemption story going into the global championships this this year will be about how vino overcomes the missed shot in that invitational moment and comes out a champion at the end of this year that is that is genuinely what i think is going to happen and that's why i believe they there's one of two things are going to happen they're going to play out of their mind they're going to take the first global championship spot or they are going to choose to to not take that global champion spot this early and play out another major or two. Interesting. Uh, Queasy and Vino continue to be the people's champion, if you will. They were definitely the the excitement, the story uh, of the team to talk about at the FNCS finals. Um, I want to I want to just kind of scope out a little bit here and, and talk about the the general flow of this draw swap map. Um, Comparing the way the EU map plays out and the way the contested draw spots look versus what you see on NA East, th this is just a much more, I would call, balanced spread of competitors, more so around the edges of the map, um, kind of what you would expect of a, of a more fine-tuned map, um, as opposed to when I look at the NA East map, it just looks messy. Triple cons everywhere, a lot of... Uh, uh, battling going on in the in more of the center locations which in my opinion raise the risk of you just you're just giving up options at this point who wants to who wants to pick to rotate towards us and third party us uh but this map looks looks a little stronger contested battles going down here i drop mr savage make themselves a finals appearance which is awesome to see they continue to perform just good enough to make it to finals but it's up against coop and cade so that's going to be a very big battle there uh, up towards or I should say down towards the bottom of the map, you have a side-by-side -side uh, battle here, but it's Pink and Nebs for uh, fighting up against Fred and Marisco uh, down at the southern portion of the Fatal Fields, just where Cami and Seti are kind of in, in earshot to maybe add their influence to that battle, which you know they will. They're definitely a team that will, uh, you know, metagame the, <laughs> the game down to the to their advantages all the way through to the end. Uh, Panda for... For you, any any other standout teams, players, or, or things to look out for for you? Um, you know, I said this in the beginning of the season, and and I put out like wh who I thought was going to win, um, grand finals in major one, and all those picks kind of went out the window. Uh, so <laughs> Malibuka Thomas HD, right? That was my pick for EU to win it all here in the first major, and in the beginning of the season, they looked great. But they have struggled quite a bit. But I we got to talk about it, right? Malibuka, Thomas HD, phenomenal duo, both individually very, very good. Um, so I think they can do something here in Grand Finals, but we'll have to wait and see. But Malibuka just doing big things overall. Yeah, I think for me, their drop spot is huge. Um, we haven't talked about it yet, but we're, we're going to talk about it at some point, so I'll bring it up now. The Oathbound chests have now been reverted back to 100%. They have multiple of those Oathbound chest spawns at their drop spot. And I think it was NIE showed a stat that no one's won a game without a hammer. So the fact that just getting a hammer off spawn is a massive win condition. 
if these guys are able to get that on a regular basis, they're they're set, right? They're in a better position than pretty much any other team, at least right off the bat. So that'll be huge. And we're starting to see, which I love at the end of these seasons, players start to really get a feel for like what these metas are. And I kind of wish they were a little longer so we could see them like optimize it even more. But we're seeing Malabuka and Thomas start to understand how exactly the season is playing out and then just bullying players while going through these end games because you see these little different aspects that change things. Um, and I think this is a team that's starting to get it, right? Like you mentioned, Aquizi Vino, they've already gotten it. High ground, playing for the win. It's a little different than it's been, but they've really just slightly adapted their play style to make themselves almost unbeatable when they decide to go take high ground versus now we have other teams that have shifted to play in that low ground, which maybe they didn't before, and now are understanding, okay, this is exactly how it's done. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with that dynamic of the hammer in play. Of course, uh, the, the extra mobility. For, forget the uh, the destruction it causes. It's just the the idea you can move point to point. And when you have just enough time to think about the most optimal spot to be in, especially for low ground, you can get directly there, jump to the front side of that zone, and, and base down and rotate almost perfectly. So hammer is kind of interesting because it's... Um, I would call it a, a crutch tool. It's just that powerful with rotates and, and what it does to your material count and how it just sets you up. And, and also, of course, that surprise factor if you use it offensively. Sometimes you just land yourself in positions when you go breaking uh, through a bunch of boxes or you put other people in positions that are just uncounterable, unforeseeable. Uh, you get dropped into just a cesspool of other players and all of a sudden you're you're boxed out and it's, it's not a fun time. Um, so... The, the chaos is definitely there. We've seen all the end games uh, play out almost in that fashion. Uh, interesting things to just note here. Taysen and Mersash also have the Booga and Peterbot uh, draw spot, the upper portion of the of the Slappy uh, drop there, which is pretty cool because, again, it just shows how much of a strong spot is, and, and there are just equally strong teams claiming those same exact areas. So I am curious to see if the performance is going to translate out and we can kind of tie it back to how good of a drop it is. Uh, that's something to look out for for the EU side. Uh, but yeah, besides that, the shakeups here on EU, I mean, as far as the teams that are coming together, Marine and Paco make another appearance here. Xyz and Potosai, we've seen continue to play season to season. They make another return. Uh, Janus and Reason are here up at the uh, the northwestern portion of the map, uncontested. Uh, so it is going to be a very, very cool playout. FNCS Finals is happening this weekend. Uh, by the time y'all hear this, it will be today because I'm dropping it right after this. It's Thursday. You got the weekend in front of you, uh, so make sure you guys show up, and we'll we'll continue to talk about it. Let's just highlight a little bit further, uh, more about the the individual performances coming out of EU. Malabuka in particular has continued to show what an exceptional um, solo player he is. I think he broke a record, if you will, for the most con uh, consecutive victory royales in a cash cup, uh, let alone any solos tournament appearance in, in seasons past picked up five out of six wins capping out his time limit uh for the cash cup he just won and the tournament was over and he didn't stop winning svg it was actually incredible the whole like he streamed the whole thing too it's not just like he was playing and we all know the numerous excuses that normally come when a player does bad when they're streaming but no no excuses here just straight winning back to back to back to back 
to back to back games. And I think he came sixth in the sixth game. So he won five straight. That's a, that's a record. Most wins. The fact that he did it consecutively, unbelievable. And then almost winning the last one. I went back, voted the game, saw what he was doing. And first two games, he doesn't really get into endgame with a hammer. So he, he's playing without a hammer, showing us it can be done. But the one thing he does is find a play to get a hammer so he'll key someone or find a safer refresh to get one before the game continues so first moving he'll make some kind of play jump in boom he's got a hammer there's his win condition there's just a lot of stuff watching that guy play that he does where i'm like dude nobody else is doing this and that's exactly why i was talking about him clicking at the right time like he's totally understanding and in control of this meta that's really cool to see play out. Um, I did not get to go into any depth of like yeah, like his play style, but you have absolutely piqued my interest. I want to see if it's more timing, if it's, is it the confidence, um, or of course at the end of the day it comes down to that execution, which we know Malabuka. Uh, we got to see some firsthand FNCS Invitational of him just playing um in in the players lounge, and I mean the kid's deadly, and that was on two v twos of course warming up and watching that play like uh, on on a yeah, the, the land setting was just phenomenal. So he, he's for sure continuing to rise up through the uh, through the ranks here for EU, uh, solidifying himself amongst the best of the best for the season, undoubtedly. Um, so the coolers have been reduced down to 100%, or not reduced, but we should say uh, buffed to 100%, or sorry, off-bound chest buffed to 100% spawn rate, uh, whereas the coolers reduced from their 100% spawn rate. Read that one totally backwards. So coolers now don't spawn everywhere you expected them to be at before. Um, Kinch Analytics dropped the stat. He says it's closer to 75%. This is just off of his simulations. So there's a good chance they should be where you want them to be. But for the most part, it's not a guarantee anymore, Panda. Yeah, and, and it looks like the community is not necessarily happy about this one. However, I think having Oathbound Chest at 100% is more valuable than coolers at 100% right now. So if, if that's what the trade-off is and we get Oathbound Chest up to 100 and coolers drop down to 75, cool. Because SVG and I would land Brutal Bastion when we were playing together and we'd walk away with like 15 coolers. Like it was just insane how much we had access to. So I definitely think that 75% isn't going to be the end of the world for many of these teams. So I'm uh, uh, all for this adjustment. I don't know about you, SVG. Nah, never a fan of changes a week before FNCS Grand Finals. Just makes no sense. You play four weeks of one season, and literally very few changes besides, I think, augments were made. Then four days before Grand Finals, we decide to make this change. Doesn't really make much sense to me. This is not a huge change, so I'm not, like, all up in arms. But at the same time, like, come on. Like, well, why do we need to make this change? And there are those nuanced areas along the riverside where the coolers are just, in the past at least, always there. You, you know, trustworthy rotates to kind of go pick up um, some some splashes or the uh, the stamina slab juices and stuff like that. So uh, I do see how, yeah, this can for sure affect maybe some of the more nuanced draws, the, the smaller areas, those big ones, like you said, the Brutal Bastion. I mean, yeah, they're going to have the surplus. You're going to be fine there. So you're not necessarily affected it's it's i think more so those small kind of off chance drops where you you bake in a cooler or two that 
was reliable, was trusty before. Those being gone, you know, that, that fourth or that fifth game, probably when you when you thought you were going to pick it up, that's going to that's gonna come into play. Um, but with that, that's just the, I, I would say, some of the more significant changes amongst the latest patches. Like you said, outside of Augments continuing to just, you know, uh, drop their ripples of adjustment through the way the game plays out. Uh, but these these last patches coming in behind the major uh, major season playout has caused tons of matchmaking errors, crashes, no audio cues, and this has really bled its way into Fortnite competitive. Um, already, Fortnite competitive is morale is you know kind of on a, on a limb. We have you know the the stories in in the last two weeks past were organizations exiting the game, uh, players quitting. Uh, the game was really. Although we were at a somewhat of a peak, a high in, in, in our moment of lands returning in, in the upswing of, of Epic and, and Fortnite in general, um, this kind of bugs in the, the competitive health was really, really worn down, I think, uh, and the players are starting to feel it. Yeah, the biggest thing is the crashes, which they've appeared to fix. The game doesn't seem to crash, but they had to cancel a bunch of cups. Uh, I believe everything besides the Creed Cup over the past few days has been canceled. So we went from having a bunch of different tournaments. You had the zero builds, uh, challengers, contenders. That was all on Wednesday, yesterday, since this is now Thursday where we're recording it. The biggest thing to me, though, is if you play the game, you don't get audio cues if someone smacks on your wall. And it's not like because there's too much noise going on. It, it's simply, if you are not looking at the wall when someone hits it, you do not get any sort of audio cue. And to have that be a bug introduced right before Grand Finals, we already know how quick these teams can take advantage of somebody like not fully paying attention. But if you can't even hear it to have some sort of reaction, just boom, teams are get, getting disappeared in Finals, and that's how it's going to work. Yeah, somebody's gonna or these teams are gonna have to play back to back and watch all around them. Unless there's a, a patch for this ahead of time, it could happen, but uh, I I don't know that it will. So it, these teams are gonna have to adapt and adjust they and be on their toes because grand finals there's a lot more on the line than we've seen in past finals. And I'm not talking monetarily. I'm talking that that straight up ticket to global championships. So these players are going to be fighting for this. And I know this is like a little side note, right? I feel like like while there's bugs and stuff going on, orgs leaving the scene, like, and all this other stuff going on, I feel like there's also really good stuff that we should notate too. Like Media Day, for example, is coming back, but in a big way. Apparently, they're flying players to Denmark, even NA players. So interesting setup for them. Uh, I'm curious how that's going to go. Oh, just kind of a, a bit of a win there for them. The Drop Spot podcast has been cool to see. Obviously, a great team working on that behind the scenes. And then, um, yeah, I mean, while there's... This is definitely the buggiest season we've seen in a while. And when I say a while, I mean a while. This is... And it's kind of poor timing, to be fair. I think that they are trying... They are, I feel like, even more than in the past, trying to correct the situation as it happens. Yeah, I mean, we have somewhat of a compartmentalized, I mean, Fortnite team, right? We, we've literally seen the evolution of where they were before, the, how changes would linger in the game for so long. Um, 
the last couple seasons, I mean, we've we've had snappy adjustments. We've had um, what we want to call these evaluation weeks, right? Where things get adjusted. Look at all the changes we went through the hammer cycle from where it began to the exploits that players figured out to again where we are now for finals. Uh, I think SBG said it best. We just need a little more time, maybe just a little more time, kind of get through the stability and then get to uh, the competitions. But there just is no time, right? Not not on not on this calendar. Yeah. Well, and you can't push grand finals back. The season ends like next on week. So right. It's not like <laughs> okay, we we just decide. Ah, oh, this isn't. No, you can't just try and fix it. So it, it's either it gets fixed now, which. I would imagine they can figure out something with the audio. I have no idea how any of that works, but, you know, ones and zeros in the right order, <laughs> make sure stuff works, is about the best I go. So, hopeful. I'm hopeful. But, yeah, so the season has been uh, pretty much a lot of turmoil going on. Like I said, from the start of the year, there was there was, a, there was some great moments, Um, but, but with the orgs and the economy kind of shifting the way the scene's been looking, uh, things, things really hit a low point, and... This week was was all positive because we even got to pick up now this this new wind this the new wind of sales coming in here. Uh, Buga and Kanata get signed to Team Dignitas. It's it's a big headliner because while BL is exiting, while NRG downsized their entire roster down to literally no one. Uh, Ozzy, I think, was on a a finishing agreement at this point because uh, when his contract ends, it's, it's probably over. You know, TSM's no longer here. All these major key teams and players um, have, have sort of faded out. Uh, Dignitas gets a little more aggressive, and they've tackled into this opportunity of free, uh, free players available for pickup. To be fair, TSM is still here. It's who, FaZe that went out. Who, who TSM got, though? TSM's got... They got Epic Whale, Snacky. Reet, Snacky. Um, why do I feel like there's more? Well, the question we is... Those... The question is... Are they sticking around? That is the question. I, I, I bet you they do. Because the way they've been using the Fortnite players lately for their promotional marketing and stuff, I can see I can see them keeping them in. Especially now with Central. You have to think, this is probably part of the reason that pushed Dignitas in the direction that they did. And on top of that, maybe keeps TSM and some of these other players involved. NA Central is going to be a big deal. Especially for the players that are on the West Coast that are signed, right? Now, obviously, let's say Snacky, Epic Whale, Reed, they go into this first season and they do not do well on Central. Then maybe these orgs might reevaluate who, who are the players they're choosing, etc. However, I think it's going to be uh, a pretty big deal for the scene and I think a lot of potential going forward because when those initial numbers come out and you see the combined players of all of NA competing oh, in the yeah. one event, it's going to turn some heads. NA, Mexico, Canada, um, there, there's going to be a lot of competitors, a lot of eyeballs uh, for sure coming in. When it comes out, just player participation. We don't know how that's going to translate into the numbers, but I assume it's going to go well. Um, NA West has its own, you know, again, population of viewers. You put it all together, you add the excitement, the hype, that there's a revitalization point there to really um, make NA the most viewed region uh, for that matter. And the, the potential is for sure there. Uh, it makes me, It makes me wonder if, all the orgs never burned all their cash so quickly at the start of the Fortnite kickoff in a wave of entrance and orgs came now in a central. And then we had the announcements of team signings and teams coming in. It, it would, it would feel so different, but like 
teams have, have almost exhausted themselves to try to figure out and, and crack the Fortnite code that they might have just been uh, too early, too soon. Yeah, that's a good point, honestly. But I um, don't think anybody could have really seen what we've seen coming. Well, look at who's all signed now, right? Kanata and Booger are some of the, the biggest names. They're like, I Dignitas has four of the top six duos, right? They have Booga's team, Kanata's team, Miro's team, and uh, Duke's team. The, to me, those are four of the top six in the region. So they're signing the best of the best. All those guys are pumping out some kind of content. Booga and Kanata specifically pump out a ton of content, at least Kanata on YouTube and Booga on um, when he streams, when he Twitch, jeez, I'm struggling right there. <laughs> but Booga does as well. And then they also do a meet and greet, right? So they're not only getting these players, but they're actively taking advantage of them on the roster, putting them in person to meet people, create fandom, and do the right things. Now, question for you guys. Complexity is a team based out of Dallas. When all these pros move out to Dallas, do you think they get a sniff of this and are like, okay, maybe we get into the Fortnite space because our offices are here and we can definitely take advantage of it. I mean, complexity is, I was going to say complexity's mother company, which I believe is a part of the GCN network. Um, just appointed Ninja as like their marketing director or some kind of crazy high placing global partnerships, you know, position or something like that. Ninja plays Fortnite. He understands that, there is ROI to be made, return of investment to be made if you utilize an influencer correctly and, and drive it to sales and, and products and all that good stuff, right? So he kind of gets the business side of it. He's bringing that from an esports perspective, um, uh, or I should say, yeah, an esports competitive um, kind of lens that no other person on their team has done. NA Central for sure is going gonna, is gonna to play well for teams that are housed out of there. When it comes down to making content, I mean, let, let's be honest, what some of the biggest um, costs are, are getting camera crews and folks to a facility or reallocating people or finding their housing. Like that is kind of the, the downside of us being in this global market where international competition is, is obviously at play at all times. Uh, but when you start getting people to naturally come towards one location um, and you're there already, you've already positioned yourself by luck to be in a position to capitalize. In my opinion, it'd be a missed opportunity if complexity doesn't decide at that point, all right, let's reevaluate how we approach uh, Fortnite. Before, they had some comp players, uh, but they were leaning more towards uh, like kind of the hybrid influencer creator types. And, and those as like Punisher is a great example of a pro player who was, uh, you know, again, competing, but again, more of like a creator and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's a chance here. The real question is... Um, what good stars are going to be left as like Dignitas has picked up the the most, I would say, standout few. There, there's a couple free agents out there, but like Dignitas really has gotten the cream of the crop. They're, they're going to have their energy era, if you will, right? Having some of the best and the hottest and the best players under, under one hub. Great point. Yeah. And I, I saw someone else post like, is this Dignitas roster the, the greatest Fortnite roster of all time? Would love to know your guys' thoughts on that. I think it's up there. I don't know that I would consider this the greatest of all time. You know, you can argue it. Oh, yeah. They're um, definitely arguable. You put Booga on any roster. Like, Sentinels could have been the greatest roster of all time just with sure. Booga. I think um, 
I, I guess you you have to look at it from a, a lens like a like an outside perspective, right? If you look at the impact that the individual players have had, and they've come together, I absolutely dignitas it has the premier roster that no one else has been able to touch. Become like- legends, obviously, very close with Seti and Cami and Savage, but I w- I would like to maybe we could just do this as a, as a fun internal gag between us. Um, we should we should like pick up the era like. You have the TSM era. You have the Wave era. You had like the little, obviously, the Becoming Legends uh, era, right? We had the NRG era. We definitely had this. Uh, the Sentinel had a had a moment in time where Karos, um, uh, High That's Sky, right. yeah, like legitimate uh, Booga. Like you had a little Sentinels era. There was a, there was a time and place where they were kind of doing their thing and they were up at the top. Uh, for sure, right now, undoubtedly, unquestionably, it's it's the Dignitas moment. They they have the team. Uh, they've even been putting in the funding and uh, additional funding towards the marketing stuff, like you said, with the in-person meet and greets. But also, they they hosted a tournament with us at practice over. We helped to produce um, a little event for them over the over the course of just a couple months ago, and they've continued to want to invest in these different spaces. Um, shout out to Mike and Ike, the sponsor behind that. Uh, so really putting their money into the gaming spaces here heavily. But I mean, it, it's clear right now. This is for sure a Dignitas era, um, and and I'm sure. You know, I apologize for anyone that that didn't get a shout out. If you if you had a moment where you were at the top of your game, uh, but who, who, who you who you pointed at SPG? Oh, the phase. The phase. I just forget phase. phase. Yeah, yeah. Tifu cloak. Yeah, although that that ended really well. Right. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. we had the liquid phase. era, uh, seventy two mm-hmm. hours chat. Right, vivid. Of course, like th- that. That is really cool to think about that. How they're have been teams that have come and of course gone in the space but they had their moment they had their moment to really shine and and they gained a lot of value during those times and i'm sure that is the dream for an organization you you invest you invest you invest you pick up these great teams and you have all the spotlight all the chat about you and your roster undoubtedly dignitas has it right now and there's no way kanada buga miro right with how dukes with how widespread like you said they have legitimately four of the like best duos available top 10 un- for sure without an argument available th- multiple of these teams have to perform yeah i'm gonna say this so to kind of tie this into svg's question again i think this roster has is probably the best competitive fortnite roster and when i say that i mean as in like, these are the best of the best when it comes to, like, competitors in NA, right? When you look back at Liquid's, like, Vivid, uh, Chap, 72 Hours, you look at uh, TSM's Myth, Daquan, Hamlin's, like, those are different rosters, right? They were good competitors, but they weren't the best of the best. And, I mean, obviously, they, they had their great moments, but they weren't, like, the best of the best, like we're seeing here with Dignitas. So I think you have to put those rosters in like a different category. They're one some of the most historic rosters in Fortnite history, but historic for multiple reasons, not just one, which is what Dignitas has right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think both an ability to win and then achievement-wise. I mean, you have the only player in North America, or NA East, I should say, that's qualified to every FNCS in Canada. You have the only solo World Cup champion. You have the only... I guess not the only, but the winningest FNCS player in NA East history in Miro. 
So, I mean, Duke's a two-time FNCS winner. It's it's not like, like just achievements-wise, those guys have a, a trophy case that they could just throw up, and that trumps anybody else. That but is, I do agree with you. That is there really cool. Some, like, that is really cool to think about when you outline it that way. Like, literally, Kanata by himself, his accolades are... I mean, there will be no one ever again who can do what he has done. He has he's created history. He's continued to uh, create history for himself. And just when we look back at the esports uh, books one day of like what Fortnite played out, I'm sure there's going to be someone who makes a long, you know, 30 minute YouTube video on Kanata. Like, hey, did you know this one kid right here did this? And then people are just like, holy crap, I wish I could have saw that. Like, yeah, right. We're living in this moment where you have a player who amongst one of the most just not only like sought after marketed games globally Fortnite, but but just also it is it is an ever-changing environment like it has been never the never the same like the, the moment you jump into competitive and you commit to this game as a competitive player you're committing to a life of change and adjustment and frustration and adaption like all day just adapt that's the that's the old saying just adapt uh and kanata has done just that and he showed up every finals and he's put up great performance. I wonder what his worst finals appearance performance ever was. It, I'm sure there there aren't too many ones where he's not doing too hot. He's he's got many 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 top tens. He's pretty much a guaranteed top ten. I'm a, I'm gonna look that up. See what his his worst. What is, is. what is his worst? I'm sure he's, he's he, even even a stretch had a 49th. That that one FNCS, so even it probably is solos. Even some of the best. Let, let's let's take our bets here. All right, I'm gonna say he hasn't placed outside the top twenty-five. I'm gonna say he's got a, like a forty-six in there, a sleeper. Like what happened, Kanata? <laughs> he's, he's got one of those. <laughs> All right, so I haven't looked yet. I'm going twenty-two because I think it's lower than what Panda said. So I'm gonna okay. edge my okay. bet right there. All right, so last year, I know this. I looked this one up already. It was 5-5-6 five, five, for, like, the last three. Um, Grand Royale, eighth. Jeez. The season before that, ninth. Jeez. Before that, fourth. Jeez. Solos was third. Jeez. It's not looking good, Trios bro. Solos <laughs> was seventh. Kanata, please. Third before that. Tenth. Oh, we had a 96. So hey. oh. <laughs> Everyone has that one. You make it to finals and it doesn't work. Got a couple more to read, though, because this okay. is okay. fourth in the solo invitational before that. So that's actually really weird. Fourth in the 96 and almost back-to-back -back solo. Right. All right. Uh, 29th uh, in duos. Seventh in squads. 22nd in trios. Okay, that was the one I was thinking of. The first trio FNCS. So, yes. He, he had a crazy in the 20s. One in 96, and everything else has been a single digit. Okay, okay. Just, wow. just one more time. Go back to that 96. What year was that? Because like, cause then we could definitively say, like, since the year 2019, like, Kanata has not fallen outside the top 10. Like August 2020. 2020. Okay, so he's on a, he's on a near three-year streak right now. He's on a three-year hot streak. Let's just give him this year because we're in 2023. We'll give it to him um as 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 a as an added bonus that he he deserves the buffer pad uh of course it depends on how he plays out this year but that's crazy a two-year dominant run top tens all day long meanwhile he's been banned off the twitch platform imagine if he was able to be on the platform what a, what a resilient 
young man, dude, to, against all odds, not doing it for the clout, the exposure, nothing like that. Just being a pure competitor, the love for being a part of the space. He's continued to perform like that. That that's just SBG. Please, we need another life of. I think you did the last one on clicks. Was it? Uh, who, who, uh, what was your last no, video on? I haven't done one one of those in a while. No, no, I, you you dropped some, like, one though. You dropped like a history video just recently about Fortnite. We yeah, need that was on like the lead up to the World Cup. We need so, you like, to World Cup quality. Kanata, please. I'm serving it on the platter. You just you saw the numbers. He deserves it. Give us the SVG story of Kanata. It's just it just needs to happen. I'll take some notes. It wouldn't be hard. This guy does Would everything not. well. And not any look. He's got a lot of media out there. He's a funny kid, dude. So you have some good clips in there to, to really mix in. Um well, anyways, guys, this is this has been a, a very fun episode. Got, getting to just catch up, talk Fortnite. And I my favorite part by far is just running down nostalgia and, and memory lane right there. That was it's a very strong way to close things out. So we're gonna end it on a high note with uh Booga and Kanata. Kanata signed the team, Dignitas, they're making the right moves. They're making plays in the space. Uh, SB, uh, Panda, I'll give it to you first. I know you're out in Copenhagen. Um, what are you up to besides being featured on, on the main broadcast? Uh, what, what's your what's your week looking like? Um, yeah, man. Just uh, I want to say uh, announcement two is coming this week, but it's looking more likely that announcement two will not happen this week. So definitely stay close to socials, twitter.com slash lifewpanda. And as soon as that announcement is ready, you guys will know. I promise. And somebody's gun, my boy. What's up? When we get in the uh, Kanata video, talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> Working on that right now. Uh, no, I actually started a full-time job, so I don't know how soon that would come out. Uh, also, started working with XP League. They're like the little league of video games. I'm simply put, they're Fortnite guy. So not like the Fortnite guy, but like the guy that covers Fortnite for them, making courses, the summer Fortnite camps. Uh, Panny, I know you love him. We... we Panda loves Panda, Panda's face just scrunch at the name of just <laughs> Fortnite guy. Bro, I'm Ooh. telling you, man, if I box, it's going to be the Fortnite guy. But anyway, quick shout out, Avery, top 10 NA East history, retired. Um, Want to give him a quick shout out. Dude, underrated goat, has not ever really been the spotlight, but deserves it. Currently the NA East champion as well. So true, true. at least for two more, or wait, no, till Sunday. So three or four more days, depending on how you count days. Goat. Yeah, no, big, big shouts to Avery. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I probably should have hit on that. I, I, I ran out the door a little too soon, guys. I got excited. I want to end on a high note, but SBG is bringing us to uh, the main storylines. He had to hit it on the way out. Uh, either way, that, uh, don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. It's been your boy, Monster D-Face, bringing y'all another Fortnite Podcast this week, man. Stay awesome, stay safe, and we'll see you guys on that Battle Bus FNCS is this weekend once again tune in let's watch let's enjoy some high tier competition so until next time don't forget to dance out those kills and boast the victory reals peace y'all